When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And at this point, I don't even think I'd mentioned it on the podcast much with what I struggled with until that chat with Alfie that I mentioned. Mm. I, I, cu- I couldn't speak about this. It yeah. was like a, just like a... Like a secret, really. If I'd found it at, like, say, in the morning, I'd just go straight to the doctors. You don't have that worry. You don't have that trauma. But because I had it all through the night, it really kind of, it really seeped in. And we turned the camera off. Gervais left. And he just looked at me and he just went, fucking hell, mate, give me a hug. You smashed it. So this guy came over to me. He's like, who fucking gave you your ticket? I was just like, oh, uh, got out of my pocket. I went, yeah, mate. And he went, you're a plastic. You're a fucking plastic. Some of my opinions were insane. And I can't even remember having those opinions but I think I was just trying to be like an edgy little teenager mm-hmm. and stuff like I'll cuss football twitter up all, all oh the, mate all, you've been the, loving football yeah, twitter yeah, recently yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. care I don't care <laughs> Right. I, I, like, I do care. I have not got the head to take abuse. Please don't come at me. I live for it. Bring it on. Yes, people. Welcome to the Football and Feelings podcast. I'm your host, Liam. I'm here with our guest for today. Um, don't really need to introduce him because you've clicked on this because his name's in the title. You're not here for me. You're not here for me. That's fine. But I'm going to go with top tier podcaster. Ooh. It's the lovely Jack, mate. How I'll are you doing? I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm here for you, mate. Ah, oh, thank you. Stop <laughs> it. Oh, stop it. Flushing. I appreciate you booking a, a studio that's a six minute drive from mine as well. So mm. it's very handy. It's fine. It's fine. Um, I had loads of questions down for today. Mm. Um, then you did your honest interview. Um, so it's back to the drawing board for me. Oh, really? <laughs> I answered a few of them. But yeah. still, we move. I've got a, We can I've got go over it again, mate. We yeah. Can go, yeah I'm, if you want, we'll do the exact same episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just rip that off my channel and re upload <laughs> yeah. it if you want. How are you feeling now with the tables being turned? You're in the hot seat for this one on the other side of the interview. You, how's that feel? It's quite nice. It's it's, it's yeah. sort of it's it's relaxing because obviously when when you're asking the questions, you'll know this. Like the guest will be answering, but you'll be too stressed about how to make it seamlessly segue into the next one. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't have to worry about that today. Yeah. So yeah, no, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Mate. It is stressful. You're right, yeah. but it's great to get you pull you out of Spotify HQ today. Yeah, I know you're normally probably in Joe Rogan's little weird cave <laughs> that he's got. Yeah, but, um, no, thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. Um, you're a West Ham fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why is that? That's because uh, your dad was a, is a fan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like most people, like one of the parents is a fan. My dad was a fan. So I was like two months old and he put a West Ham beanie on my head. Mm. And from that moment, I didn't really have a choice. Um, yeah. I mean, I always say he's he's the only West Ham fan in the country that's a Glory Hunter fan because he supported QPR, right. I think, until he was 10. And then West Ham <laughs> won the FA Cup against Arsenal, actually. <laughs> Trevor Brook and Diving Header. And then... Uh, he, uh, he switched like that. Yeah. So, yeah. He thought they're going places, this team. <laughs> yeah. yeah, turns out they weren't. So um, I'm stuck with all the pain and misery. <laughs> How's your relationship with the club at the moment? Have you been much in, in recent years? Oh, God. Um, strange time, isn't it? It is a strange time, kind of like a traditional uh, tra- transitional period that just so happens to be lasting about six years. Mm-hmm. Um, and West Ham fans don't like me. I don't particularly like a lot of them. I'm not going to group them all together because there's yeah, a lot of them. Yeah. But the ones that I've met, especially at the ground, didn't like me. Um, 
said this before on my podcast. I don't know if you've if you've heard this story, but first year we were at London Stadium, I I became fairly good friends with a lot of people at the club and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And um, EA Sports gave me a season ticket and they gave me a plus one, so I gave it to my dad. And that was one of the proudest moments of my life. So like all yeah. the stuff I've done on YouTube, it, 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 it was kind of like you couldn't compare it to the moment yeah, I gave course. my dad a season ticket. And then um, we turned up, ground's a bit naff, miles mm. away from the, uh, the stands are miles away from the ground and whatnot. But I was like, well, we'll make the most of it. And we just come off the back of that brilliant season, uh, the farewell Berlin season where mm. we finished, I think we finished seventh. We had Dimitri Payet and everything was going well. So we kind of took that positive energy into that, um, into the next season. Um, first one at London Stadium, as I say. And uh, first few weeks, like we started losing. And then a couple of West Ham fans come over to me. Like the most, if you if you had to draw a picture of a West Ham <laughs> fan, you would draw this man, right, yeah. basically. Uh, lazy eyes, skinheads, like probably had a swastika tattoos. <laughs> I'm only joking. <laughs> a West Ham fans are going to give me shit regardless, so I may as well play up to it. I was going to tread lightly on this episode, but I mean, if they want to aim all of the, all of the abuse. Just I'll take it. Yeah, I've had yeah. years of it. And he come up to me and he was like, mate, who's... Because I didn't know this. I, I thought we were just... Well, we were we just sat in the normal stand, yeah. but I think there just there was like a tiny little commercial segment okay, or something. Right, well, and that's where uh, your season ticket is. Yeah, I didn't know that. Like, I literally mm. didn't know it. It's just like you got the steps, then one side is just like the fans that have bought the tickets, and then one where we've been given it. So this guy came over to me. He's like, "Who fucking gave you your ticket?" I was just like, "Oh, uh, got it out of my pocket." I went, "EA, mate," and he went, "You're a plastic. You're a fucking plastic." And I was like, "Jesus," because wow. I, I I was under the impression we're all supporting the same team here, mm. mate. Like, why am I getting... And another thing, he's probably from Newham, around the corner. Yeah. I'm coming from Norwich every other week. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. and like, usually I'm hungover. Usually I want to bin it off. And yeah, so from that moment on, like he, he was giving me shit all season. Then a few, few weeks from the end, my dad just turned around and they had it out. No, they didn't have a fight, but like they just, yeah. they, they, um, they had, a, had a heated conversation. So from that moment on, I was kind of like, not really for me. Haven't really been back that mm-hmm. often. And um, now I'm an armchair fan because yeah. of... Uh, them twats in the I, stadium. I can't blame you. And I know I know a few West Ham fans who really feel like they don't fit in with that fan culture mm. and they've stopped going. Yeah. Um, like I said, I was going to tread lightly around around this topic. They've heard things at the ground and they've thought, that is, that is not me. I don't want to be associated with with some of what the things they were hearing. Yeah. And that's similar to what Spencer was saying, wasn't it? Yeah. When, uh, when he said that he's got people coming up to him mm. at an away game that he's travelled to Europe to watch and they're still giving him grief. Yeah, I, I don't get it. I genuinely thought, because that was the first season, as I say, that I'd ever, ever had a season ticket. The only yeah. other times I'd been were like sporadic one-off games mm. here and there. So I thought, especially having a season ticket, you get that family vibe. Yeah. No, not down at the London Stadium. <laughs> so... Uh, I think that I'll leave that guy to a sort of like jelly deals and mash or whatever they eat and mm. uh, I'll just sit at home and watch it. And yeah. now I will be a plastic because they've, they've ruined that experience for me. Yeah. So um, I still love West Ham to my core, that, the team, but the fans, I'm not asked. Yeah, yeah, fair mm. enough. Yeah, can't blame you at all there. Um, there is, there's always been a very clear and pretty accurate, I think, view of your stereotypical West Ham fan. Like you said, you could draw them quite easily. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what about... On the other side of uh, away from the fans, how are you feeling with the the current board situation? Are you do you disagree and distance yourself from that, or are you, yeah, where are you at with it? It's it's weird because um, going if if West Ham fans watching this are going to hate me even more now because <laughs> I'm quite pally with Jack Sullivan. Mm-hmm. So the uh, obviously yeah, David Sullivan's well. the guy that owns West Ham and that's his that's his younger son. 
I think Jack's got a proper good head on his shoulders. He's now the chairman of the ladies team and stuff, and he's taken that from from strength to strength. But I'm also not one to hold back and to bite my tongue. So yeah. I think it's time for them to fucking sell up now. Like, I, I, I hope that doesn't ruin any friendship I've got with Jack, but I'm an honest guy. Like, as I just said, I've got nothing but positive to say about Jack. I think the owners took over with the best intentions, right? right. When they said they were going to sell us a dream and deliver the nightmare, like they obviously didn't say deliver the nightmare, yeah, but when they said they were going to sell us a dream, I think they genuinely believed they would. I think they were like, this stadium's going to take us from to the next level. But on, the, on paper, it sort of looked like it could as well. To yeah, yeah. And, and they have spent money. Mm. They have. This is a thing that a lot of fans seem to forget. Like, yeah. I think football fans in general forget when you, th- they've spent a lot of money, but just perhaps on the, on the wrong signings. I don't know... I don't know football well enough to know who made those decisions. Director yeah. of football, chairman. I don't know how much Sullivan has to do with that. Mm-hmm. But I just think it is it is time to to sell up now because mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of the have you seen that video that went viral on Twitter of all the times he's contradicted himself? Like Sullivan said something no. and he contradicted I can it. imagine it though. Yeah, <laughs> he's talking about some other football club. I can't remember who it is. May, I think it might have been Cardiff the year when they they went from red to blue or blue to right. red. Or, do you remember right. that? when yeah, they sw- yeah, yeah. And um, David Sullivan was sat there and he was like, that's like us um, renaming our team West Ham London. And then a year <laughs> later, our badge had London on the bottom of it. Yeah. Just, what are you going on about, mate? It's just, <laughs> it's literally a circus. And um, I mean, like selling Dean Garner to West Brom recently. Yeah, and, yeah. and the fact you've got all the players coming out and going, I looked, that looked there. awful from from an outside point of view. Another fan looking into that club. Yeah, I look, it looked like there was a disaster there. A hundred percent, hundred percent. So I think it is time to uh, to sell up and move on now. Mm-hmm. Let's focus on your football career now. Yeah. Um, I saw you and Alfie were looking for a team. Can you break <laughs> the news? Have you signed for anyone? No, we haven't got a team yet. Oh. The last team we played for was a team called East Tuddenham. Right, um, fairly local to here, about ten miles out in the countryside. Proper like Norfolk boys <laughs> and. Um, we were shit, mate. Like, we were lowest league you can be. I don't know how the football pyramid works. Spencer's tried to tell me a few times. Mm-hmm. I still can't grasp it. We are the lo- We were the bottom league, bottom team, turning up and just getting dicked 10, 12 nil every week. So any, I'm, I'm not selling myself well here, <laughs> but any team that wants me and Alfie, we will come and play. Because I just want to play football, mate. Yeah, I'll yeah. run some stats on screen now of their, of their latest games. <laughs> what sort of player? Uh, what sort of player are you? I am like a holding midfielder. Okay, yeah, you've got so, the presence. Yeah, yeah. so I'm, I, I break the play up. I can. I'm. I'm. I'm not great. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not great in that team. I think I stood out a bit just because okay. say they were a bit dog shit. Okay, but I can spray a ball, mm-hmm. so I can ping a pass. That's my only thing. And Alfie's a bit of a. He was a he was a nippy winger for us, but he wants to play more sort of like fullback now. So okay. there you go. That's that's my okay. CV. Well, if you ever make the move to Colchester, and I, I know a team that, um, that I can get you involved yeah, in, no right. problem at all. I'll debate um, it. Or are you waiting to get the hashtag call up? Really? <laughs> have they got, they've got a few teams though now. Yeah, they? they've got a few teams. Yeah, um, reserve team, main team, women's mm. team now. Um, mate, I wouldn't get anywhere near it. I wouldn't have a sniff. <laughs> yeah, well, you're an ultra though. You prefer, you prefer watching. That. <laughs> yeah, it's the, incredible. I really want to go to a game. Yeah, it's class. Yeah, no, it is good, mate. It's good. I'm not going to pretend that I've been to loads. Mm. Like first game I went to was there. Second FA Cup game, preliminary one. Then they they won on penos. Then I went again. They won on penos. Went to a league game. So I've been to three games. Yeah. But I mean, 
I think as well, what why I love that so much is because my last experience of going mm. to live football was that West Ham experience that I yeah. mentioned. So when um, there's a lot of like traditionalists who who don't like the, the hashtag set up, they don't like the name, they don't like what they're about. And I just think it's quite ignorant. It's quite mm-hmm. ignorant because when you're down there and you actually see like... They, they say they're a, foot, um, a YouTube team. None of the players are YouTubers. Yeah. Not one. You yeah. have a few now, like Lee Hurst and stuff, who stream on, on Twitch. But why wouldn't you if you can make a few extra pennies? Like mm-hmm. Anyone out there would do it. So I fully I fully believe in in, in, in what them guys are doing and, yeah. and fully back it. And as I say, haven't been there the last few weeks. It's a proper family feel. Like, mm-hmm. it's a proper family feel. Like, they, 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 they won, like, the second preliminary round or something, which in the bigger scheme of things, it's not a huge game. But, yeah, but for well, a club it, it like that, though, yeah. like yeah, there was everyone stayed behind for about an hour just chanting all the players' names. Like it was, <laughs> it was lovely. I don't know how how often that happens at non-league. That might happen a lot. I, I, I don't know, but I'm fully I'm fully bought in. Yeah. Not even to hashtag now, but to to non-league. Yeah. Like, I think, Do you think maybe like lockdown accelerated that love as well because there was no live football to see? Yeah. Now people have got somewhere to go. They can have a beer. They can watch some football. Yeah. I feel like that uh, that love has been there's a catalyst there for it. Yeah. Hundred percent, mate. Hundred percent. Um, you've spoken um before about your relationship with fitness and mental wellness and how quite often for a lot of people that goes hand in hand um is that still the case for you do you notice those benefits when you keep yourself fit yeah oh mate fitness is the best medicine ever isn't it mm. like 100 percent. like I I'll, laughter was the best medicine for yeah <laughs> <laughs> fitness and laughter joint top uh yeah no 100 percent. i think anytime i've had a little dip in in the old mental health like just going to the gym and for me it's not so much weights it's more cardio like right. to get a runner's high at the yeah, end of yeah. like completing a run like during lockdown i think like a lot of people i uh, hit a bit of a a dip in in the old mental health and stuff and went for went for went running pretty much every day mm-hmm. completed two half marathons and the feeling i got after those two half marathons just made me completely forget about like the last month that i'd had like yeah. struggling to get out of bed in the mornings and whatnot so I think yeah, if there's anyone out there struggling with 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 mental health and who perhaps there might be some people who have never really gone running, who has never really their mm. thing. I'd say like don't don't. It, you might hear of people online or, or creators you follow or any kind of like athletes you follow that are going out doing five, ten, twenty k. Don't don't do just get out and do one k. Yeah. Get out and do two k yeah. and see how you feel after that. And another thing for me is running in the rain. Like, you like that? I love it, mate. I yeah. love it so much. So, like last Tuesday, it was pissing down in the middle of Norwich and I was like editing at home and I was looking out the window and I was like feeling a bit shit and I was like, I just mm. need to get out. So at lunchtime, I just went and did a quick 5k in the rain and I came back and I just felt so revitalized. Like yeah. it's the it's the best feeling. Do you run? Uh, no, at the moment I've got a bad ankle. I tore, tore a ligament. Oh shit. So I haven't been able to play football and that has... Like I was playing football a lot at home and I was going along to watch um, a few local teams mm. and not being able to do that, like I've, I got into a real rut with it. There was two weeks where I couldn't walk at all. Like I was just sat there with my leg elevated. And <sighs> when you sort of hear about those things from a professional standpoint, you think of players out for a few months. Mm. Um, I'm, not, I'm not, not saying my experience is similar, but I didn't realise how much that would affect me. It was it was awful. Like yeah. I, was, I was just laying in bed thinking like, what is the point? Like yeah. I'm, I'm going to wake up tomorrow, not be able to do anything wake up the next day not be able to do anything even if I'm not playing even if I can't run like now I can walk mm. I quite like a country walk I'm, I'm a bit old before my times <laughs> and that being around nature I've loved the drive into Norwich here because there's so much green yeah um, yeah and it's, it's incredible With little yeah. things like that I used to I used to sort of not resent I just thought it wouldn't it didn't work as well 
as a as it does. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to be honest. Yeah, you yeah, take it for granted fight. a bit, don't you? Hundred percent. When you can't do it, yeah. Hundred percent. So I heard Theo Baker like, well, he got really upset on. Um, his waffling podcast that he does because he got an injury and then couldn't do anything for a while mm. and there, there is instantly like there is a part of you that goes does it really make you that upset but then yeah. when lockdown hits and as I say and, I, and for a while I was just thinking I couldn't even get out and mm. then yeah it, it, it changes everything yeah there's little things that are taken away from you 100% um, on your content at the moment like you've been putting out an awful lot it looks like you're looks like you're on a roll being very productive mm. Um, obviously big news with the Spotify deal as well. Congratulations. Mm. Thank on you, mate. Well-deserved. You can see just from the outside, you can see how much work you put into it. But um, alongside that, how has your headspace been? Because um, for me, I was saying to Johnny behind the camera here, um, when things are going well for me, mm. I feel there is, like, there's something awful around the corner. Yeah. Um, that's just how my mind works. No, not, not everyone gets that. But mm -hmm. how, has, how has your headspace been with that? Um, yeah, good. I mean, I just... I just it was... Coming into the into this year, like mm. we didn't know what was around the corner, like we didn't know COVID was just around the corner. But I had a bit of a bit of a shit year last year where no, nothing really bad happened in my life, mm -hmm. but just mental health took over, and um, just had a bit of a shit year. And I wasn't very productive. I spent too many hours in the pub, and I was just wasting my weekends. That would that would sort of bleed into Monday and Tuesday, and mm -hmm. I just wasn't as productive as I could have been. So when January hit this year, I was like, I made a conscious decision to go, okay, whether or not I'm up for doing the main channel, the podcast, I'm going to just smash it. And that's what I did. So it's like every, it helps as well because I have to go to London. So every single Thursday we book it in. I've, yeah. I've never really been any, somebody that can have a structure. Mm -hmm. So I've been very, very l lucky in my life that I've always been able to work for myself and do YouTube when I want, wake up when I want, go to bed when I want. There's little luxuries that like I did take for granted for a long time. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, having a structure, having a Thursday, booking that out, it does help. It does help when perhaps your head isn't in the right space. Yeah. I do need that little bit of like, well, I've got to go tomorrow. And I'll tell you what else has helped me is at the start of the year, I, I brought Fiona, my fiance on full time, brought Alfie on part time. Mm. When you have people that actually rely on you, you can't just bin it off for a, yeah. for a month or so. So, so, that, so. so that really helped. And then I'm kind of like, can't, I've, I'm kind of now sort of getting the rewards from it now. Mm -hmm. What with the Spotify thing, so, so yeah, um, I can't really remember what your question was. Um, just sort of how's your headspace been, really? <laughs> right, yeah, it yeah. I think it's all sort of that. It's all every just every little thing is helping the other things, if that makes sense. Yeah, so get, getting yeah. them on has helped me be more productive. Mm -hmm. The schedule, so yeah, right now it's 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 all good, mate. It's all good, mm -hmm. and even when I'm not feeling productive enough to do the main channel or or driven enough, I know I still have to do that, mm -hmm. that side project, which has very much become my main project now. Anyway, yeah. so yeah, yeah, happy days. Um, I would I'll come back onto that. I want to mm -hmm. talk about the the dynamic you've got there, working with friends and, and Fiona, mm -hmm. and the passion that you've clearly got on the podcast. But sticking on on the mental health theme. Um, you've spoken about uh, like having health anxiety and OCD yeah. in the past. Um, do you do you know what sort of triggers these things at the moment? Do you know? I'm, I'm sort of just interested to hear how what causes these reactions and how they sort of play out in your mind, and if you're better at like dealing with it now. I'm I'm better at dealing with it, but I still have just as many kind of triggers uh, right. as as ever. Mm -hmm. It's just it's just I think I don't know if it's with age or like Alfie's helped me a lot because because. Yeah. Before I met, Al I, I met Alfie. A lot of people think we've been mates for years. I met him about a year and a month ago, so it's not long at all. And then we went on a little trip to to um, Liverpool for Halloween. And at this point, I don't even think I'd mentioned it on the podcast much with what mm. I struggled with, like with the OCD and stuff. And then 
we had a long journey back. Fiona fell asleep in the back of the car. Alfie was in the front, barely knew him at the time. And we just had a long, long chat. And he, t- he opened up about his OCD. And I didn't really open up about mine in detail, but I was kind of thinking, whoa, fuck, that makes sense. That makes sense. That's so similar to me. So from that moment, I was like, he told, he, he told me how much it helped him talking about his problems. Mm. So I then actively started to talk about mine. And even though, as I just said, I still get just as many triggers, I feel like I, I can deal with them a lot more now. So I have all these different things. I explained this to Fiona the other day, but with the OCD, it can be a hundred little things at once. So it might be, I might go for a period of time where I can't have that book there. It needs to be on the table fully. There can't be right. any of it over. But like I, I had one recently and I've had it for years where I can't, I can't put my phone off at night unless it's on a round number. So if it, so, so it has to be like 1am or 1.15 or 1.30, 1.45. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of weeks ago, I started, I thought, right, I can't just, and to anyone who doesn't have OCD, this sounds like probably a bit crazy. Like, no, I, I, Yeah, no, yeah. I understand it. But like the only way I can, I can sort of relate to that is like when people, do they just sort of say it in a blase fashion? It's like, oh, I can't have the, the volume on an, an even right, number. Yeah, but that's yeah. like the, the go-to one that everyone seems to use. Yeah, yeah. And and I mean, this one's quite quite a go-to as well. But like, so Fiona, like she often says like, oh, I'm a bit OCD about that. And then she goes, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to say it like that. And mm. I was like, I don't give a shit because that is an easy way people can explain how they feel about certain things. Yeah. Like, um, it's more probably superstition than anything when people say I can't have that on on uh, like the volume on a certain number. I have loads of little things like that, but then I also have big things that proper like eat at me and mm-hmm. stuff like having to walk in and out of a room five, ten times certain yeah. amount. But going back to the time thing, in my head I was like, right, I know I can't stop doing this, but it's pissing me off because if I'm in if I'm a bed and I'm tired and it's one oh one, I've got to wait fourteen minutes before I can turn my phone off and I'm shattered. So I'm just like, oh it's annoying. So what I trained myself to do was to go, okay, well one oh five is a nice round number. I'll go to one oh five and then I got to one oh five, turned it off. And at first you 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 feel all this kind of like anxiety. It's like I've got to look at my phone again. It might be one fifteen. Mm. But instead of just completely trying to stop it, I went for that other route of going 105 is okay. And now I don't have it at all. So I'll look and it'll be 104 and I'll go, right, just get it off. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like step by step, just trying to find an yeah, easier yeah, yeah. way out of that that OCD. So you're, you're sort of trying to change the, you, you want to be controlling your brain in that aspect rather than at the moment, or it's getting to that point where you're controlling it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It. I want to make the rules. Yeah. Like, yeah, which, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's interesting to hear because I've, I've never... I don't, I don't experience OCD. I experience anxiety. So it's, it's a very, very different thing, but sometimes they sort of interchange. Mm-hmm. Have you ever, I know Joe Weller asked you about this on your podcast, but do you think you would ever get professional help or see like a, a therapist or psychologist about that sort of thing? It's weird. Cause I've had a lot of heated debates with a lot of my friends when I've, when I've opened up about this and this is the most frustrating thing because mm. for me, with my health anxiety, so for anyone who doesn't know, I have like really bad um, health anxiety because I found a lump on my testicles when I was younger and being like, uh, I think I'm, I, can't, I can't even remember, maybe 12, 13, something right. like that. I found it at, at night time. So I had to, and I think I had to wait all night shit himself like what is this what yeah. is this and I think that night was the worst night of my life because if I'd found it at like say in the morning I'd just go straight to the doctors you don't mm-hmm. have that worry you don't have that trauma yeah. but because I had it all through the night it really kind of it really seeped in mm-hmm. um, sorry what was your question because um, have you considered like getting getting help for it right yeah yeah and because that because I had that whole night of worrying about going to the doctors I now have a phobia of going to the doctors so when it comes to speaking to a therapist and stuff 
I exp- I explained it to my friend the other night. It's, it's like the shutters have just come down. Yeah. So this sounds crazy. I, I I hope I'm not being inconsiderate when I say crazy. I just don't no, know no, any, I don't no, mean no, it. I know like, you mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I have no other way to explain it really. But if if somebody said to me tomorrow, like my worst fear, and they were like, "Yeah, you are ill. Like you've got cancer. Mm. If you go to the hospital, it can be sorted." I wouldn't go. Because right. I physically couldn't go. And it's not, you could sit here now and, and tell me, well, just go, just go, mate. But I can't. It's like a mental block. Yeah. It's a mental block. And the only way to unlock that is to see a therapist, but it's a similar okay. block for me. Yeah. So it's all sort of mashed up in my head. What I'm doing now, which really helps now, is stuff like this, having yeah. this talk, speaking to Joe Weller, speaking to Fiona. They're my therapy sessions. Mm-hmm. So I hope if I keep doing enough of them, it will then help me unlock that other bit where I can actually speak to a professional yeah. about it. Well, I hope that you I hope that you will continue making progress there because that's something that I that I'm quite passionate about is people going to get professional help for mental health problems because yeah. th- for a while there was a stigma. I feel like that stigma is is broken down, or I'm in a, just a better place with it now. But mm-hmm. if you have a bad back, you go to a chiropractor. If you're sick, you go to a doctor. A lot of people don't understand that that translates into your head. It's it's mental fitness that you have to focus on. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so that, that's good. I'm glad that I've got I've got you on and you've you feel like this is helping you sort of get a little bit closer. Yeah, mate. Yeah. That literally it was like until, until that chat with Alfie that I mentioned, mm. I, I, cu- I couldn't speak about this. It yeah. was like a, just like a, like a secret really, yeah. just big secret. Now I don't, I don't care. So mm. it, although I know I can't, I'm not ready to take it to that next level, just being able to chat about it. Like, I've only met you today, but yeah. I'm not ashamed of anything. Like yeah, I can just talk about good. it. And, and I hope like, just by us talking about it, there'll be people out there that might suffer from mm. similar things and talking about it is step one, right? So yeah, if, if you can yeah. do, if you can do that, then, then hopefully you can move on to those other levels. Exactly. But it's, it's not like you've, you, it's unprecedented. Like you, you have got a trigger there, like something happened to you. So it's as, as always, always relates to a life experience mm-hmm. and it is quite hard to, it's, it'll be easy for me to sit here and trivialize it and say, mate, just go see a therapist. Yeah, yeah. I understand that's a very difficult thing to do. Something mm-hmm. I've done in the past and there is, there is a, a barrier there and the I was really nervous about it. The only way I could do it was just by fucking smashing through that barrier. Yeah. And, but, you know, I didn't have what you're going through. So mm-hmm. everyone's different. I'm sure one day I will have that, but mm-hmm. it's just about chipping at that wall until I can feel strong enough to break yeah. through that thing. Yeah. Okay. So if, if you were to imagine in five, 10 years time, do mm. you think you would, you would be getting help? How if you imagine yourself in five years? Yeah, I th- I think so because if if it, thirteen months ago if you'd have asked me if I'd be sat here talking about it on a podcast, I'd have said no, yeah, and I'm point. doing that now. And I, and I I don't know like I've heard a lot of people say um, one of my cousin's friends suffers from health anxiety, so I spoke to him a little bit. He said it really changed. He he cared more about himself in in terms of going to the doctors, going to the hospital once mm. he had a kid because yeah. he had something else to like. Oh, I need to survive for this person, and then you kind of project that onto someone else. I think that might help me. Now, I'm not mm. going to just have a kid to, in the <laughs> yeah. hope that it helps my mental health. I'll have a kid when I'm ready to have a kid. Um, but I think that might be a byproduct of having a kid that I then yeah. can do that. But we'll we'll have to wait and see. Of course, of mm. course. Um, what about when it comes to uh, like your podcast or like meeting the guests that you've got, or even like meeting like fans, if they come up to you and speak about your work, does that make you anxious or are you quite, uh, quite comfortable with that now? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not really an anxious person in that, in mm. that respect. So all of my OCDs, all of my anxiety is all kind of like internal about my own health yeah, and, yeah. and stuff. So I don't, I, Fiona suffers from like anxiety and, and stuff like that. And, and I will, I'll be completely honest. And, and I've said it again on my podcast. I'm not proud of this. 
I was very ignorant to what anxiety was. Mm. A, five, six years ago before I met her, I thought, oh, we all get a bit nervous. Like, I was like that kind of thing. Like, a lot of people have that opinion, though. That's, it's not just you, yeah. Yeah, and she completely opened my eyes to to, to what anxiety actually is and stuff. Um, because I, I, I remember one, one year she came to Summer in the City and I was on the stage doing a talk. She was in the front row and I mentioned her and she stood up and went, hey, and waved. And then a couple of days later, we met one fan in the street and she was like really like mm. all over the place. And I was like, how can you go from that to a room yeah. of people to that? And she was like, well, it doesn't matter when it happens. It just happens. So that really opened my eyes to it. But to answer your question about whether or not I get anxious about the guests and that, no, I'm really lucky that mm. I don't. But yeah, I get, I mean, so did you say you su you suffer from anxiety? And I, I get, I, the last few years I've noticed that I get very socially anxious to the extent of like doing this podcast is perfect for me because I can plan what I'm going to say and how it transitions. It got to the point where I'd be meeting my closest friends in the pub and in my phone, I'd have like six or seven conversation topics because I was so scared of, uh, of awkward silences. Those awkward silences to me felt 10 times longer. They felt like, I would think everyone's staring at me. Everyone wants me to say something. Right but now, I'm so much more comfortable with those uh, with those uh, awkward silences. Yeah. Um, but that took that to me a long time. That took me a long time to adjust. And that anxiety led to led to some depressive episodes. I'd, I'd say mm. um, I'm in a much better place of it now, and I appreciate how social interaction. And if I don't have that for a, a week, I, I go fucking mad. Yeah. Like I need to be around people. I need to be doing stuff like this. I need to hear about other people's experiences and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I understand social anxiety. It's a hard thing to explain to someone who, who doesn't experience it because yeah, it's just, it, on the face of it, it does feel just like nerves, mm. but to another level, like my legs would be shaking. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's strange, but I'm in a much better place of it now. I think oh, this podcast nice. has helped. Yeah. Sweet man. Yeah. Um, what about being in your position? You've mm -hmm. got some followers, you've got a lot of subscribers. Have you ever felt pressure to be a role model or is, or can you not stop that? Can, can you, do you need to keep that away? Otherwise it affects your decision-making. Yeah. I just, I know it's not in your content to be a role model. Yeah, like technically. It's never been a, it's never been something that I've kind of, that I've wanted to achieve or anything yeah. like I've always just, I've never really taken it that serious, to be honest. So, for example, like with my tweets and especially with the kind of content that I do, mm. which I don't censor at all, weird analogy, but like, or comparison, I should say, is that my girlfriend's, my fiance's mum, who's like, her family are very PG, mm -hmm. so to speak, okay. like, a, yeah. like Christian background and stuff, whereas right. my mum and dad are just like council estate, don't give a shit sort of mm -hmm. thing. Um, and... Her mum, when she found out what I did, I was a bit like, oh, don't tell her like the links and that. Like, don't give her the URLs. I, we went on her laptop once and she bookmarked my Twitter page. So right. she reads my tweets. Okay. And I'm actually like, I tweet what I, th I think what everyone does, like, what I think people are going to find funny. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, so sometimes some of the stuff I tweet, I wouldn't even say to my mates. So like, I'll, I'll like look, be a bit edgy with the tweets to yeah. try and get a, try and get a reaction out of people. Like I'll cuss football Twitter up. All, all oh the, mate, all, you've all been the, loving football yeah, Twitter yeah, recently. Yeah, I don't yeah. care. I don't care. <laughs> Right. I, I, like, I do care. I have not got the head to take abuse. Please don't come at me. I live for it. Bring it on. Bring it on. A Galo season, whatever your fucking name is. Simon San Sancho. Yeah, Sancho season. Where's he? Where is he? He's in Dortmund. Uh, but so, um, so I'm get cancelled. So I, um, so I can't because because I know 
she'll be reading my tweets. Mm. I have to block it out because yeah. otherwise I couldn't tweet it because I'm going around there and I'm like, oh, thanks for dinner. Like, this yeah, is lovely. Yeah. And then I'm going, oh, you fucking little pussy <laughs> like this. I'm like, I, I, can't, I can't focus on it. So that leads me back to answer your question about being a role model. Yeah. I just have to assume that the people that are watching me uh-huh. are similar characters to me. Because if I knew there was like, sometimes I'll be, I'll be out in, in in like Norwich or whatever and some parent will come over and go, is all right if my kid have a, a, has a picture? And I'll go, yeah, no worries. And I'll look and I'll be like a 13-year-old kid. I'm like, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah, like, <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and really monitor what they're on, please. Because if they're coming and watching me call Alfie Days a cunt every week, like that is not good. That is not good. So no, I'm not a Model. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, do you still? You said this on your on your honest interview that one time you walked into college and you saw people watching your video mm. and your heart sunk and you felt like insecure about it at the time. Yeah, understandable. My, I'll be the same. Mm. Do you still feel like that now? Do you still feel ever insecure about your work when it spills into the real world? If that makes sense. Uh, nah, not really. Nah. No, because I'm I'm so lucky that I've had so much success with it now mm. that it doesn't. And but and because a lot, so many people do YouTube now, it's yeah. not really that social stigma. Like there, there's not that stigma that yeah that, that, that came, people are a different person sometimes online. Yeah, yeah, people yeah, don't care for anymore. sure. So I mean, it, it, it's the difference between I was probably I, I weren't really getting many views and I'd not really structured my videos. I didn't really know what I was doing, mm. and so when I was going into school and they were watching it it was just like it was cringe content now i'm very confident with what i do it's become my job so if anyone sees it it's just like i'm i I believe in the content so i'm not i'm not sort of embarrassed by it but then again who doesn't look at their old content and think it's cringe? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah. It's, I think it's a good thing because it shows you your progression. Do you delete many videos? I do delete a lot of videos, okay, yeah. yeah. Mainly just because I've said mental things in them. <laughs> yeah. So if I don't delete them, I will be deleted <laughs> from the internet. Uh, sometimes I'll randomly like <laughs> click on like an old video. I'll go on like, what's the oldest one that's up on my channel that's still live? Click mm. on that one. Watch it halfway through. I've said something. I'm like, that's mental. Like, I'll delete mm. that instantly. Some of my opinions were insane and I can't even remember having those opinions but I think I was just trying to be like an edgy little teenager Mm -hmm. and stuff so yeah I'd delete a lot of videos yeah Yeah. I deleted a Twitter account once for that reason I won't say this on air I'll tell you after (laughs) 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 some some, some weird stuff Um, okay let's move on to your work then Mm -hmm. Um, what can we expect for a Spotify exclusive happy hour in the future Oh God, just more of the same shit, really. Yeah, more yeah. of these. Huh? More of these. Yeah, yeah. Where, when's this going out? Um, next week at some point. It's probably okay. Friday. So I'm in the process of um, doing another Happy Hour Week, which is just six episodes, Halloween-based, six different mm. YouTube guests on the run-up to Halloween. Halloween's on a Saturday, so Monday to Saturday. Can I come on? Or? You can come on, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can Jeez, come mate, on and speak thanks. about mental health and pumpkins. <laughs> Halloween special. Um, but uh, yeah, no, whether or not that happens or not is is yet to be seen, just because... Sometimes YouTubers let you down. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Clip that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, you've, you've said quite often that the main channel content you make isn't, it's not your focus anymore. It's not what you're as passionate about. Mm. But do you think that um, that you sort of reshift that model and maybe you, you'll get that balance back of it being 50-50, like making your main channel content more sort of just, I don't know, more you, I suppose, or do you think you'll still keep that divide or focusing on the podcast? I I will keep to I, I will keep doing the main channel as long as there's a a large enough group that want to see it. Because yep. the only reason I, I wouldn't completely bin it off is because that's what people have subscribed for yep. and I'm still getting the views. If the views dramatically drop off, 
I'll probably bin it off. Like mm-hmm. right now, my two goals in life are to do the podcast, which I'm doing, and to do stand-up comedy. Yeah. So the main channel helps me write jokes and structure jokes and stuff, but do I really want to sit there and watch Bryce Hall videos mm. for two weeks to come up with a commentary <laughs> video? I don't care about him, and ultimately I don't care what he's doing. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I'll change the content. For example, like I've got a video coming out today on the day of we're recording this yeah. um, about touch the light um kami some guy called kami and i enjoyed making that one Mm -hmm. but just purely because when when with bryce hall i always use that as an example that's a that's a bill payer because i'm like right we'll get it done that'll pay the bills Mm -hmm. because there's nothing else going on when there's some when somebody's done something shit that's so mad i love it because it's like the comedy almost writes itself Mm -hmm. if i'm just going ah bryce hall for a party during covid obviously i don't condone that that's Mm -hmm. not great but it's just like really that asked yeah. about it do you know what I mean so, so because you want to do stand-up comedy do you enjoy the writing part of those oh of those 100% yeah. yeah 100% and that's what's made the whole process so much longer for me now because like people like I'm Alex and and George Mimulus and stuff and I'm, I'm not putting myself above them in any level whatsoever yeah. but what they do when they do a reaction video or commentary video is they they they've heard about this video say touch the lights wave house tiktok shit they'll play it and they'll stop and then they'll just give their comment. Mm. Whereas I write my, uh, I will literally clip out all the bits I want to use and I will analyze it and I will write paragraphs and paragraphs, pages and pages and pages, just because I I, I can write a whole page and I'll find one little bit of it funny. But then yeah. I know that's, okay, that's good. I can, yeah, I can move on. That, yeah. yeah. So the process of over the years of how long it takes me to make a reaction video has like, grown tenfold like mm-hmm. I could get one out in a day and now yeah. it takes me about five days like two days scripting an hour filming mm-hmm. and then three or four days editing so yeah. so yeah I've kind of made a rod for my own back in that respect yeah that's I think that's partly why I don't like I don't like the term YouTuber because I feel like that's a term people who don't really understand it say and they think it's oh, he just puts a bloody camera on doesn't he just snaps it on and he and he just waffles to the camera but yeah I, people don't now people understand the production value in some of these YouTube videos is insane. Mm. Like that's why I, I really enjoy, um, I really enjoy your videos. I really enjoy people like Stephen tries. Um, most of the YouTubers I enjoy have mm. a podcast. So I don't, right. know if, I don't know if that's, if there's anything in that, but yeah. just cause you see a different side to them. Yeah, mate. Um, I love podcasts, mate. They've, yeah. They're completely different to YouTube videos, aren't yeah. they? But then, but then there's some like, it's weird because I love, I love Stephen tries. I love his videos, but I'm not really that into his podcast. So, yeah, no, that's, yeah, so fair it, enough, it, yeah. it's, I, I don't really know. Don't it's, really, it's all his, it's all oriented around his mates though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You, and I get, yeah, it's just, I, th- I think it's, it's kind of what kind of character you are, whether or not a, po- a podcast can work. Cause I'll watch some of the sidemen videos, but I'm not that into like mini minutes yeah. podcasts and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. what other pods do you listen to? Um, big fan of true Geordie's podcast, obviously mm-hmm. I get some big guests. Yours, of course. I'm a, I'm a big fan of um, Ellis, Ellis James and John Robbins. I don't know if you know them. BBC, they're BBC. They're two uh, comedians. Yeah, was uh, Ellis, was he, did he do something with Josh Widdicombe at some point? He has done, yeah, he was in a sitcom with him. Yeah, yeah. Josh yeah. Widdicombe sitcom. Yeah. And uh, John Robbins is from, he has, a, he has a YouTube channel now, Bad Golf. Done a video with Seb recently. Oh, okay. Um, right. Yeah, yeah, big into that. I quite like a... I don't really like sport podcasts, so it's weird no. that I've set one up. <laughs> um, sort of a sport orientated. Um, some mental health stuff as well. I like it. There's a one one of the main motivations for me starting this podcast. I listened to an American one called The Hilarious World of Depression. And I really liked how people could talk about mental health and then they could move on to such funny topics so easily. Yeah. Like that's what we've done here. We've spoken about spoken about your your mental health, my mm-hmm. mental health, but but then it's not 
it's not that serious. Mm -hmm. like, I want it to be lighthearted. Yeah. I want it to be lovely. I want it to be deep and meaningful. But like, it doesn't need to be like so serious all the time. No, I wouldn't mate. be able to do it. That would, it would depress me. Yeah. And, and this is the thing. It's already so depressed. As you say, it's yeah. already so depressing that you need to make light of it. Mm. Like, like as, as, as Gervais always says, like yeah. a joke about a bad thing is not, is not as bad as the bad mm. thing. Like, and, and, um, Daniel Sloss is a great comedian who who yeah, who tackles really this kind yeah. of this kind of thing. He he has a he has a Netflix special called Dark. I don't know if you've seen I it. Haven't, but, no, I haven't. But he he talks about he he and here's a spoiler. So if you don't want to spoiler, skip this bit. But um, his whole show is about um, his young sister who I believe has cerebral. I think it was cerebral palsy. It, um, it may have it may be something else, okay. but it wasn't good. Basically, yeah. whatever it was, and uh, and he just rinses her for the mm -hmm. whole show. And it, you can and it, there's times where like the audience will be like, oh, and he's like, it's my sister. Like she yeah. like she would. And at the end of the show, you find out that she actually passed away like years ago. And and that's his way of coping with it. Like mm -hmm. he said that she would laugh at these stuff. And you need to make light of the shit mm -hmm. things to make them less shit. Stevie, one of my best mates in the whole wide world, co-host of my podcast. He came on, he came on, we came on, he's on it all the time, but he came out and spoke about a neighbor. I don't know if you saw it, yeah, but, but I, I burst into tears actually watching that. Mate, it was, it was, it was hard to listen to. It was hard. Um, he, a neighbor basically, um, was a, a pedophile. He had a pedophile neighbor mm. that, that made him do things when he was a kid. And it is, it's a hard watch and he speaks about it and, and, and it was a traumatic part of his life. You can bet your fucking bottom dollar that mm. when it was me and him in a room, I was making jokes about it. Yeah. I was yeah. cussing him up for it because I'd expect him to do that with my deepest insecurities because they're not taboo when you're around mm. your mates. I, if 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 there's if I have a mate that feels like they can't joke about a certain element of my life, are you really that close to me? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If if Stevie ever thought for a second that I meant any kind of hurt from from those words then he then he doesn't know me well enough but yeah. he knows me i'm making light of that i'm making him laugh therefore i've taken that terrible thing and made it less terrible mm -hmm. in a way so yeah am i a savior stevie i don't know <laughs> possibly <laughs> I've, yeah, I've always said that to be fair like um there is definitely a place for the arm around the shoulder technique i'm just past that like doesn't do it for me. Mm -hmm. If if I'm not in a good place mentally, I want to be with my mates and I want them to take the piss out. Of me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just I just get more out of it. I feel I feel like there's a sense of normality in it. Mm. Um, yeah, I just can't do it. It can't be serious all the time. But no. I do on this podcast. I do sort of judge the tone of the guests. Like I've had oh, some, sure. I've had some really deep episodes which there hasn't been much joking and messing around. And mm. um, because it's, it's just not the place for it, you must yeah. find that on yours all the time. Oh, mate, you have to read the room. You have yeah. to read the room. And also, if 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 something that terrible happened to that happened to Stevie ha, ha, happened to you and you told mm. me that now I wouldn't come out with that joke because yeah. we're not yeah. as we're not as close so you need to there there is literally a line and you need to judge it like so for example um I I've made some some race jokes to Alfie mm. because he's one of my best mates and he'll do the same to me I would never do that to anyone else and I would not do them in a public setting at and run the risk of offending anyone else. Of when I do these jokes, they're not things I believe in either. I'm doing it to get a reaction out of one of my best pals. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. you have to judge everything and, and, and play it by it. But then again, having said that, if, if somebody from outside our circle came in and made one of those same exact jokes to Alfie, I'll be the first one yeah, fucking telling them because you you if if you're friends with somebody you both sign the same contract. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? You sign up to it, and and I've got friends that perhaps don't like that kind of humour. So then you don't engage. You you don't you don't you don't do it. You mm -hmm. don't do that kind of humour. So yeah. judge everyone based on 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 how how they. 
yeah, separate. Yeah, exactly. On to the podcast then. Yeah. Um, I, I don't really like asking such trivial questions, but who has, have you had a favorite guest? I mean, obviously Gervais is a big one for you. Yeah. Um, but like, apart from that, anyone that's really surprised you and you thought, wow, I'd like maybe I didn't expect that to be such a good episode. Um, yeah. Uh, Daniel Sloss, as I mentioned, mm. he, he's up there. Um, there's, there's been so many more that have impressed me and mm-hmm. surprised me than have let let me down if yeah. that if that makes sense so um peter blexley's obviously a fan favorite mm. um he was just literally i only knew him from being the detective on the channel 4 show hunted so i didn't know right. how many dimensions it'd have to him his yeah. stories are are insane weirdly that sounds patronizing but bazinga was better than i thought he would right. be yeah, yeah. because i am somebody that just thinks well there's just a side man aren't they they're mm. probably just going to remake the weakest link or something <laughs> and do stuff like that but he came on and he had some insane stories and spoke really well about um his own mental health issues and, mm. and stuff like that so yeah i'd probably put bazinga up there and weller weller was yeah like, that was a great one i, I knew that. i'd like weller mm. i knew i would um he was he was one of the last kind of uk youtubers that uh, i ever met mm. so people would always say to me on nights out what's this person like what's this person like and i could always tell them they'd ask me what weller was like. i was like i actually don't know i've never yeah, met him yeah. but i've known him for so known of him for so many years because we was in a little collab channel back mm. in the day but meeting him mate he was sound as and i think don't know whether or not he would agree with this but i think <laughs> i i can't remember somebody that i've met from the youtube world who i've related to as much and who I've seen myself in as yeah. much as, as him. So yeah. yeah, probably Weller, Bazinga, people like that. That's nice. From an outside point of view, I can see that working between you and Joe because I'm of the perfect age where I've I've grown up as your two contents have have the, the evolution really of Jack Mate and Joe Weller. I'm on, mm-hmm. I'm on the right age for that. Um, so yeah, uh, I don't know what point I was going to make, but yeah. Just like the comparison. Just like the, the comparison, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah fair. What about the, the dynamic... Uh, you've got between you, Stevie, Alfie's involved, Fiona's involved in your work. Was that was that very natural or did it take time to adjust? Because sometimes mm. working with friends and um, people close to you can be difficult for a lot mm. of people. But how's it been for you? Mate, not easy. Not mm. easy. Going from Fiona, obviously used to work at a, um, in, in retail, used to work at a, sh- a supermarket. Yeah. And that was kind of like a break for me when she'd, when she'd go to, to and do her, do her work. I could... Um, just be at home and basically do what I want, crack on with my stuff. And then she came on full time. She had to leave her job. So I was like, just, just, I, I was trying to say to her for years, just come and do my stuff. I'll yeah. teach you how to edit. Like it's, it's fine. And she didn't think it would work. Her parents, as I say, are traditionalists. So they were, they were obviously a bit hesitant in mm-hmm. her doing it. So long story short, something happened with her job where she couldn't go back. She came on. And then I kind of started to debate whether or not I'd done the right thing because we 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 argued a lot and we're not really the kind of couple that do argue, mm-hmm. really. Um, we had a few bumps at the start, but I've been with her five years now and I'd say the last three were, were brilliant. We don't, we don't argue, but when you work in such a confined space with somebody who you, you're with when you're not working, when you... you you can't work and play with the same person all the time because you just, you just end up just being irritated by each other. But it's been what half a year now that she's been doing that. And we found what works through trial and error Mm -hmm. and stuff. At first she was doing my emails and that was a nightmare because she'd say, Oh, why don't you do this brand deal? Like, look, Mm -hmm. look, it's decent money. Won't you do it? And, And because I've done it for so many years, I know what works and what doesn't. So I'm just like, no. And she, she quite rightly should be like you're turning down this kind of money but i'm 
you know what works and what what doesn't work. And mm. I've never really been somebody that will just. I'm lucky enough that I don't. I'm not in a position where I have to take all, all of mm. that. So we would argue a lot about. She'd always think anything I say no to is an opportunity turned down. Yeah. Even though you can't just say yes to, yeah. to everything, you'll be spreading yourself too thin. Mm. Anyway, trial and error. We found out what works. She now edits Happy Hour full time. She's got it. She's got it unlocked. Like she knows exactly yeah. how to do it now, and she's smashing it. So we're uh, and and that that allows me to do my own thing because mm. I can just she can be at home editing and I can mm-hmm. come and do stuff like this and whatnot. So Class. so yeah, it's good now, mate. It's good. Yeah. But it takes a lot of work to kind of get that shit going. Mm-hmm. Um, you you mentioned brand deals there. Mm. Um, I've always really admired your approach with it. You're always very open and honest. Mm. Um, sometimes if there's deals that that don't fit into your content. You and quite often you give away money that you get from brand deals. Why, yeah. why, why do you do that? And why do you think there's, there's a need for that transparency? Um, it's basically just to save my own back because I'd slag right. them off for so many years. <laughs> so to then go and take them, yeah. it's like, Oh, I'm going to give half of this to charity. Yeah, guys. Gonna one can't. pound challenge. Next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so, so yeah, there's, there's a bit of that. Um, and I think when I used to slag them off back in the day, it was out of jealousy. Yeah. It was like, why am yeah, I not getting these brand yeah. deals? So obviously when they do come, there is a little bit of like, oh, I'm being a bit of a hypocrite mm-hmm. here. Um, so, so yeah, I, I and I, I, that's the best thing that I have with my channel is the honesty with my audience. Mm. Like I've seen a lot of YouTubers kind of fall off a cliff because they portray that honest. I'm just, I'm Casper Lee. I'm the, I'm the yeah. best guy. I'm just next door. I'm your best, like... Chat to me if you want to. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. you're not that accessible. Like they almost portray like if you ever feeling down, just give me a DM, and yeah. then they'll get a thousand DMs and <laughs> nine hundred ninety nine are like, why are they not replying? Mm. Whereas I'm like, probably don't message me. Like, yeah. I'm I'm probably not going to reply. Like I'll try to. I really do. Like mm. this. That's probably a, a bow to my armory if that's if, if that's yeah. the saying. Like Fiona will often go through and and reply, but I. Often can't be asked. Yeah, so. it explains why I wasted weeks for an email. But whatever, whatever. Don't, don't mention it. Don't You're don't. over it. You're over it. But I, th- I think a lot of YouTubers basically tried to give this honest approach when they weren't. Yeah. So I kind of half-ass it, but I am honest. And, yeah. And, Do you think that's probably why you're more comfortable when you meet these people in real life then? Because you haven't got that, that facade up in front of you. It is just your... There's normally a divide between your online life and your offline life. But for you, the lines are a bit more blurred than other people. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like I, what you see is what you get with me. Mm-hmm. So I, if, if I am one, if I am to one day meet Alfie days, I don't give a shit because he's already heard my opinions. He knows what I've got to say and I'll yeah. just say him again to his face. So mm-hmm. it's like, it's yeah, it's it. I'm not really one that's worried by any like by mm-hmm. that at all. I'm very confident in who I am and what I portray online these days. So that's great. That's mm. great. On to, back onto the podcast. Um, you're loving what you're doing now, right? Mm, yeah. That that's just all I wanted to say. Really, like it's <laughs> yeah. it's really nice. Like I said, I've seen that evolution of Jack, mate. Mm. And it's been it's been obvious when you have your heart's not been in it. Yeah, and, a lot and of people say that. Well. Yeah. But um, but now. I'd like, I'd, I said this the, the other week on an episode, I fucking love seeing other people do well. For some reason, I get kicks out of it. I right. don't know. Even if I don't, like, I don't really know you that well, but, yeah. I, but still seeing other people do well, when you know they've put the time and effort in, mm. it, um, I don't know, it just sort of gives a bit of an aff- affirmation there that good things happen to good people. Yeah, for sure, mate. Yeah. You work hard enough and, I, and I'm a firm believer that you will get eventually get the fruits of that, that labour. And yeah. it's nice that you do care even if you don't know somebody that well because it shows you're a good person like I've, I've got I know some people in the YouTube space so I won't name now because mm. it'll cause the fucking load of shit but I can tell you off camera but there's there's some YouTubers who who really portray like 
oh, it's amazing that you've done, that you've done this, and they are the most jealous cunts going, mm. like, and they don't like to see people succeed. Yeah, I, I'm a firm believer. It's like seeing Chunks and Philly playing soccer. Oh. I'm like, yes, lads, mate, that was do amazing. It. Yeah, yeah, do it for the whole YouTube community. Score a hat trick, like, or even, or, or like Chunks. Even if you're going to miss the penalty, the way he, the way he sort of handled himself mm. and conducts, like, he is amazing. Like, he is smashing it for the whole YouTube community. Getting them on the pod. Yeah, I want to get him on the pod. Yeah. yeah, Philly unfollowed me the other day though, so Ooh. not sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Not sure if that offer's still open, Maybe Philly. Not, uh, YouTube vibes biting you in the arse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he followed me four days ago, and then um, I think because Man U lost six one to Tottenham, Ooh. and I'm very vocal and yeah. loving it when Man U lose, and he's a Man U fan. Uh, so I thought at the end of the day, I was just like, I'll just check if he's still. <laughs> oh, he's not. Oh God. The one that got away, but Chunk still is. And he's the main one. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I love them both. I love them both. So you've been doing this for quite a long time now. Mm. Um, when you do, you reflect on the career you've had quite often, or do you? Are you always focused on the next thing? Oh, mate, I reflect a lot now. Yeah, yeah a lot. Because a couple of years ago, the main thing I could reflect on is like, oh, a video about a girl shagging a dog. And the Zoella advent calendar. It's like, yeah. mm, gr- great. Mm. Whereas now I can look back at my podcast and go, look at this person we've had, had on. Look at this person. Look at this. Yeah. When I go on and I see the thumbnails of all the different people, they're like little trophies for me. Do you mm. know what I mean? Like that's So um, having created that, that podcast literally a year and a half ago as well, people think that that was created years ago. Yeah. It's only a year and a half ago. So I have taken a lot of time recently to kind of reflect on and where I am. And and those little moments where I sit there and I just look, they're kind of like little bits of therapy for me as well, mm. that like just little bits of reassurance that you are doing something right and to, to keep it up. So yeah, I definitely, uh, I definitely do reflect, mate. When you think, thinking now then, and um, what have been the, the pinch yourself moments that you look back on? The first ever video I did with Gervais. Of course, yeah. Um, sitting on that sofa with him. And the first time I made him laugh, it was just like all the validation I ever needed up until mm. that point. And my, my my good friend Tom Tom Norris Noza, uh, yeah. he's um, he'd be the first to admit he's not always one who's quite open with his emotions or praise and stuff like that. And we turned the camera off. Gervais left, and he just looked at me and he just went, "Fucking hell, mate, give me a hug." You smashed it, and I hugged him. And I was like, "That's that's everything mm. now. That's that's everything." So I'd say that. Um, and then and then I hate to sound like a broken record, mate, but anytime I'm sat across the podcast table with somebody that I admire and stuff. I mean, Jack, Me. White- <laughs> yeah, <Sorry. there> we <laughs> go. Uh, Jack Whitehall came on the podcast a few weeks ago and, mm. and the amount of references he made to my content. I was like, I can't imagine. I was surprised at how involved in the YouTube world he is. I, d- I didn't really know that yeah. he was on there. Yeah. Class guy. So again, he's another comedian, uh, not one that I've watched as much as Gervais, but one I still respect nonetheless. So when he sat there telling me, mate, you could do stand up tomorrow. I'm mm. like, Okay, it's them moments that are like the pinch yourself moments. So yeah. I think as soon as anybody you respect and admire shows that kind of same th- things to you, then that's a that's a real good moment. Yeah. I'd I'd get m- more starstruck and more nervous meeting somebody I respect than just an A lister. Yeah. So, so yeah. I, even meeting like Stephen tries for the first time, like he walks in the room, I'm like, wow, that's Stephen tries. I love your videos. Whereas if I went and met. The Rock, mm. I wouldn't care because yeah. it's like I admire the art more than yeah. the person. We were literally saying this, um, Johnny behind the camera mm. on the drive up here. We were saying how 
Um, like I, I, I don't care about like people if they're famous or not. Like no. it doesn't make a difference to me if I like their stuff. And if we if we like their stuff, then it's just it means so much more. Yeah. Um, like yeah, I couldn't care less. Hundred percent. Couldn't care less. Hundred percent. And most of the A listers that I've met, not to sound like a bit wanky, like <laughs> most of the A listers, but I, I I have met a few, and most of them have been wankers. Yeah. Like they've just been so up themselves and and mm. not great people. Whereas you meet you meet YouTubers like Stephen tries and mainly just Stephen tries yeah. <laughs> and they turn out to be nice lads. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. We've touched on a lot of, of topics here um, mm. in quite a quick amount of time. Actually, I always like to finish this podcast with long ball questions. So right. no more ticker tacker. They're going to be straight and direct to the point. Sam Allardyce questions as Chris Free put <laughs> yeah. it. Um, so it's been a mad year in many aspects. Um, but what have you learned about yourself? Oh God. Um, what have I learned about myself? Um, that when I put my mind something to it can really succeed with the podcast and that I don't really care about YouTube drama mm-hmm. there'd be the two things I don't give a shit um, <laughs> yeah yeah I feel like you want a longer answer no but... no that's fine no, I'll take that I'll take that um, for you what's the best thing and the worst thing about being a being a YouTuber or maybe we'll do that about a podcaster now. Like I class you more as a podcaster now than I do. Okay, well, I think there's two very different answers. Okay, still want to do both. So, so the best thing and the worst thing about being a YouTuber is, um, and and do you mean like a full time YouTuber or yeah. just a YouTuber in general? Uh, just oh yeah, your position. Okay. As a YouTuber. The best thing, the best thing about it is it's, it's the same answer. So the best thing about it is that I can do what I want when I want, mm-hmm. and the reason that that's also the worst thing about it is when you don't put the the hours in you don't get the rewards out if i don't upload i used to think i had a job at bella for about bella italia for about nine ten months and i Mm. I wasn't a huge fan of it and i'm very i'm i'm when it comes to like normal jobs i'm very lazy so i so i take the approach that a lot of people think i've met a lot of youtubers who are like i'm a youtuber i can do what i want look at these people having to go and do this job that i would never do whereas i'm like thank fuck that you want to do these jobs or there's that uh, there are people that do these jobs because uh, I'm so lucky. It makes me feel even luckier about what I have. Do you know what I mean? Like I see mm. my dad get up and at fucking half four in the morning every morning, go to a factory. There's not one part of me that's like, Oh, that means I'm above him. Yeah. It's like he's above me. Cause he's got the fucking work ethic to, do you know what I mean? To, yeah, I know to, exactly what you mean. To go out, to go out and do that. So well, I, I'm so lucky that I, Sometimes I won't wake up till like 11 in the morning. Like, and I'm a 27 year old man. I get up when I want, do what I want. But on the other side of the table, like if, or coin, I should say, if I, if I don't upload for two weeks, that's when you start to feel the dread. Like I'm going to be irrelevant. I've not Mm. uploaded. I need to keep it up. I need to keep it up. So you need to kind of find that work-life balance and and that's hard to do sometimes. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, Mm. because yeah, you're not going to get that in in most other jobs. Yeah. Is that that something that's caused you a lot of trouble in the past? 100%. I was speaking to my mate the other day. Um, I, I wouldn't ever say that being a YouTuber is comparable to something like my dad's job at mm-hmm. all. And I can tell you the negative sides of it now, but I don't want to run the risk of going, woe is me, because it's an amazing job. And, yeah. I, and I'd encourage anybody out there that wants to do it, give it a crack of the whip. Because if you succeed, you live a, lo- a life of luxury. And, and I owe everything to YouTube. But there there are negatives, like any job. So sometimes my mates will go, and like my mate Joel will go do a nine to five. Then he'll ask me to come to the pub. And I'll go to the pub. And there's only one of us in that room that's feeling guilty for being at the mm. pub then because he's been and done it. I can yeah. always do more because my work is just at home and I get out what I put in. So I, I always feel like when I'm not working, I feel shit about myself when 
shouldn't always feel like that. Yeah. You don't know when you've done enough, really. Yeah. But overall, the positives obviously outweigh the negatives. Mm -hmm. What about being a, a podcaster then? What, the best and worst things? Yeah. Um, yeah, there's not really many, not really many negatives. I guess one of the only negatives I can think of is because you speak so frequently for such long periods of time, mm -hmm. you're bound to say things that will come back to bite you. Yeah, yeah. Us, it's weird because you get in the heat of the moment and sometimes you say things that you perhaps might not believe. And mm -hmm. that's not to try and deceive anyone. No, no, yeah, it's I just speaking for, I speak for, sometimes we'll go to the happy hour studio on a Thursday and we film three or four episodes, two hours long. Eight hours speaking. I'm bound to say something in that eight hours where I go home and go, see, why did I say that? Mm. Or, for example, we had Kavos on who splits opinion like no other in the YouTube community. And you leave and you think, hmm, I probably should have said this. I probably didn't say that. Did I agree to the wrong thing? Are yeah. people... So I guess it's just when you're not... When you're a podcaster, there's not much to be edited out so you can easily be misconstrued and mm -hmm. easily... Be cancelled, I guess. Well, yeah. not easily be cancelled because it doesn't exist. But mm -hmm. yeah, and the best yeah. thing about being a podcaster is just the people you get to meet and the stories you get to hear. Because sometimes, mate, when the right guest is on and I'm hearing their stories, two hours feels like ten minutes because mm -hmm. you are just so. Mate, this has felt like ten minutes to me. I don't know if you know how long we've yeah, been it's rolling. Felt like about it five like... months for me. <laughs> well, uh, arrogant. <laughs> 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 yeah, I was saying that to a friend actually the other day. Um, that uh, like he said, he said that uh, Joe Rogan like always contradicts himself and he's not a big fan. I'm not a big fan of Joe Rogan, but that's not the reason. Mm -hmm. Because I said to him, if if you recorded a three hour conversation with your friend and did that all the time, mm. you're going to contradict yourself so much, yeah. so often. It's just natural. Yeah. I've, I've said things in this episode that I, I don't remember saying. Right, yeah, just because, sure. like, yeah, like you said, in the heat of the moment. But, um, Normally it happens to when everyone. you have these conversations with people in day to day, they're gone. They're, yeah. just, they're just out there. They're, yeah, exactly. and then they're gone. Especially for you because you're like, Ugh, subhuman scum, <laughs> just scum. Look at them. <laughs> I've already forgot. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about in your life, what three things are most important to you? Um, my partner Fiona, love her to bits, absolute diamond, does so much for me. Mm -hmm. Um, family, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put family and friends in the same one, so it gives yeah. me another option. Um, well, I guess Fiona's in that as well, isn't she? Family and friends. Yeah, yeah. Go right, on, we'll put them together. Yeah, yeah. So I've got two more. I'd yeah. say popcorn um, and everything. <laughs> <laughs> asking Sorry. celebrities their favorite meal deal. <laughs> um, I, so yeah, family, friends, partner, all of that stuff. Um, second one would be, um, finding a career that you love mm. and then you, and then you never have to work again, do you? If you've got a job that you love. Yeah. Um, and then third, I would say, um, this is going to sound a bit cliche, but just having a good time. Mm -hmm. just no, no, I know good... what you mean. Yeah. People often forget to do things they enjoy. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I will work very hard between Monday and Friday and come Saturday, I'm just down the pub and yeah. I don't give a shit. I'm watching the football and I'm drinking and I'm going to feel like shit on the Sunday. Mm -hmm. But when, as long as you get that Monday to Friday done, you should be allowed that Saturday. Yeah. What about guidance that you'd give to a 16 year old Jack? It's weird because obviously looking back on the old videos where I'd probably go a bit too far at people, mm. I'd probably be tempted to say, don't do that. Think more about it. But then that's made me learn right from wrong yeah I would, otherwise if, if i didn't do that i might still be calling them all the names under the sun now for doing very little wrong yeah. so i actually wouldn't change much i'd probably just say do do exactly what you're gonna do but worry less about it succeeding yeah. because i spend every other day worrying that you I, I don't know about you but like being a creator you feel like 
that tomorrow is going to be up. Like mm. your time's going to be up. Like I always think, oh, this this YouTube paycheck could be my last one because YouTube could go tomorrow. But yeah. ultimately, is it really? And if you keep doing what you're passionate about and putting the energy in, you're going to get stuff out. Mm-hmm. So I'd probably just say worry less. Yeah. Um, what about what makes you sad? Um, health anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um, West Ham losing. Mm-hmm. Um, just... Well, West Ham losing is a weird one, isn't it? Because it has it no quite often. Lads, <laughs> <laughs> ah, it, it has no effect on like. Do you get this? Like when your football team loses yeah. and it fucks up your whole weekend, and then someone... I've detached myself from Arsenal a bit more now because of that reason. Like yeah. I don't put all my all my happiness eggs in that basket. Right? Yeah, because it doesn't really yeah. make a difference, mm. does it? But it does. It's like, yeah, it's got football's kind of like a bit like religion in, yeah. in, that, in that respect, isn't yeah. it? So, yeah, um, West Ham losing and uh, seeing my friends and family unhappy, mm-hmm. really. Yeah, love that. Other end of the spectrum, final question of the day, mm. what is happiness to you? Oh, God, happiness, mate, like I just touched on a minute there. Happiness is finding a job you love to do so you never have to work again. Incredible. Mm. There we go. Jackmate 2020. There we go. You said that there. Okay, <laughs> people, we're going to wrap it up there. Thank you for joining me on the Football and Feelings podcast. I'd say subscribe to Jack, but no, surprise, subscribe to me, please. <laughs> he's got he's got too many subs. Come on, get involved over here. Um, yeah, Jack, thank you so thank much you, for coming mate. It's on. been a pleasure, Liam. Cheers. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thanks. Take it easy. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.